Welcome to part one of Health System CIO's interview with Debbie Cancilla, CIO at Atlantic Health. In this segment, she talks about the tremendous opportunity healthcare CIOs have to learn from leaders in other industries, why she was hesitant to take on yet another EHR implementation, and how she's drawn from her epic experience to guide her team through the maturity cycle. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK, a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit lk.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com. To start off, can you give an overview of Atlantic Health? I know you have about six hospitals or so, largely northern New Jersey, right? Uh, correct. Pretty interesting area, obviously very densely populated, and there's a good number of health systems. So it's one of the areas where you always have to be really staying on top of things and you know, having those, those communications with other CIOs. And I think that I have found uh, traditionally a, a lot of value coming out of discussions with CIOs from other industries. I find to be creative and to really tap into something different or try to, to really help support the system in something more unique, you need some creativity. And so I, I often find that comes from discussions with CIOs from other industries. Oh, yeah. And are there particular industries where that really has been a useful conversations for you? Yeah, you know, it's um, being in the market that we're in, I've had some really cool opportunities over the past year to talk to folks from a multitude of different industries. So um, there happens to be a leading cosmetology, I guess, cosmetic industry CIO that I've, I've spent some time talking with. And one of the things, kind of the fashion and makeup industry, believe it or not, but I'm a female, oh, wow. of course, this is of interest to me, right? So mm -hmm. um, in talking to them, you know, you'd think that our worlds are miles apart just simply based on the nature of what our industry does. But there's so much in common that it's actually very um, endearing, and there's so many parallels. So where we talk about perhaps a digital patient experience, how do we convert our records and make our processes easier for our patients, they talk about the digital consumer experience. So is that vastly different? No, it's absolutely, you know, in parallel. We talk about cybersecurity. You know, is that vastly different? No, we've got all the same challenges that we're working through. So there's so many parallels between folks in other industries where I think traditionally, even when you talk to uh, recruiters or you talk to placement firms, they kind of focus on the industry more than the transferability and, and the parallels between industries. So a great, great pool of learning opportunity from people that do things in other industries. Yeah, that's really interesting because I'll hear even people say that they might limit it to the tech industry and that there's really so much to be learned, especially when you talked about consumer experience and how that's just become uh, such a big factor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that there's not one of us, it doesn't matter what industry that you're in, that's not trying to make our whoever we serve that experience more convenient and more transparent and to get engagement yeah. from that population, again, who, whoever it is that we serve. So you just take a look at those things and your mind can really start to get incredibly creative about some of the things you can do. Right, right, really interesting. So now, in terms of your role, you've been with the organization for about two years? Yeah, I've been at Atlantic for two years and um, okay. 
I have four prior uh, organizations, or I'm sorry, three that I, I've been with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have been in the CIO role before. Yeah, uh, in Buffalo, New York, in Atlanta, Georgia, in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and now here. So it's 25-plus years, CIO. Okay. But uh, each role is, is different, I'm sure. <laughs> you know what's different is the culture. The organizational culture drives a lot of your capabilities within an organization. Yeah. I want to get into a, a little bit more of that, but before we do that, just for a little bit more background about Atlantic Health, now as far as EHR system, are the hospitals on EPIC at this point, or what is the picture there? We just finished bringing up our last hospital on EPIC in October of last year. Okay. So the platform is uh, relatively new for the health system. They're a little bit behind the curve in terms of standardizing on one enterprise solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, we absolutely hit it out of the park. We got an award from Epic for being the second best install ever across the country. So I, I'd say <laughs> I've done this a yeah. couple of times before, and I finally <laughs> third time's the charm. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Now, when you came to the organization, at that point, had Epic been selected, or what was the status then? So it's, it's interesting, but um, originally I was recruited to do more innovative work, which was incredibly attractive to me because doing the EHR implementations are really quite taxing. They're hugely rewarding, but they're also very exhausting. And you realize the personal commitment you need to put into making these things successful. And I really wasn't sure I was up for round three. So I came here yeah. uh, to accept the CIO permanent role but it was largely supposed to be focused on innovation and not the EHR implementation. They actually had another CIO on board that was doing that in an interim capacity. And as the winds of tide change, that person uh, was rolled off, and uh, they asked me to pick up and do the implementation. So knowing that it's so incredibly important to have that enterprise foundation it was a no-brainer. It's like this has to get done because without having your data, having it in centralized, not disparate systems, having a model that you know is sustainable, having a team that you know can support you, you can't really be innovative without having all that in place. So it became a no-brainer that it was like, yes, 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 let's get this done. Yeah. And we did. So now we're starting our journey into the more exciting part of IT. Right. And so, uh, of course, the, the big question is, what do you think made this implementation successful. Rolling out Epic is certainly not easy, and I know that there are you know, a lot of organizations that have run into some roadblocks. Yeah, I, I think there's multi-factors associated with it. I talked about the culture of an organization, and clearly the organization has to be ready for change. I think that's foundation number one. Foundation number two has got to be you've got the right team to do it. Foundation number three is that um, your leadership is going to support through the challenging times. Mm -hmm. You have your operational support. And then in my case, you know, I was fortunate to bring experience to Atlantic Health to um, help them be successful in in the implementation. Right. So I imagine that this factored a lot into the planning um, as far as, like you said, starting with the first factor of readiness and really trying to, to gauge that level of readiness across the organization. These implementations, and, and this is probably nothing, nothing new, maybe you've heard this before, but it's an amazing time to bring everybody together for hard discussions that really haven't occurred before, especially when you're a multi-facility health system. 
Mm -hmm. So very, um, very common workflows that may be handled differently at each of the various organizations. It's an amazing transformational time to bring everybody to the table and gain consensus on how you're going to do things in a standardized format. And that standardization is just required so you can get the expected data outcomes and then you can do the fun and innovative stuff with that data as you go forward as, as a business. Mm-hmm. Right. And as far as how it was mapped out, how that strategy was created, was it something where because of having multiple hospitals, it was done in stages or what was kind of the, uh, the thinking there? There's two fundamental approaches. One is that you decide you're going to do it all at once, the Big Bang approach. And the other mm-hmm. is the phased approach. And sometimes the phased right. approach, depending on how the workflows cross between facilities, can be um, incredibly complicated and cause you to have to put interim workflows in place or in process. It was most manageable to handle this organization based on a phased approach. And so right. they, we had two hospitals go live at the end of February. We had the big flagship hospital go live in June. And then the last two facilities go live in the beginning of October. So for this health system, again, and one size doesn't fit all, I think you look at what your workflows are between your facilities. I think you take a look at whether or not you think the organization's ready or you need to kind of do maybe a trial first, you know, handle piece of it, see how it goes, remediate, get ready for either the bigger part of the um, organization later. It's um, understanding the organization and the people that helps you determine uh, how you should approach the uh, implementation. Right. Obviously, Epic is a very good partner. They've done this thousands of times across the country, and they've been really good in terms of being a partner in helping to answer some of these more challenging questions or tell you, you know, what's worked well with other complicated systems across the country. So a, a good partnership, too, is, I think, an important thing. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that, that Atlantic Health had been somewhat behind the curve when it comes to uh, having an in- integrated system, was that something that was a hurdle or that perhaps maybe worked in your favor somewhat? You know, clinicians are incredibly smart, and I think mm-hmm. that they also know what's going on across the country and in other facilities. And so yeah. I think you, you understand when you're, you're behind a bit in, in the direction right. that things are moving and you question why, you know, your organization isn't there as well. So I think sure. that that definitely contributed to readiness, yeah. it's the intuitiveness, the brightness of the workforce, and knowing that this is just something you, you have to do. Yeah, right. And then having experience, as you alluded to, with Epic in the past, I can imagine that that's something that you were able to draw upon in this role. It definitely helps because you you learn what the cycles or the trends are with the EHR implementation. So kind of the first thing is the initial uncomfort of the um, implementation and uh, getting folks kind of settled into the workflow. The next phase is them understanding the system well enough to know that it's not exactly what they want. They want these optimizations done. The next mm-hmm. phase is the phase where it's like, oh, I really need this data. Now, now that I, I know I'm putting all right. this in the system, I really need this data out of the system to help me run my business. And that's kind of the widget data. Well, then the evolution goes to, well, I need my widget data, but I also need more. So then you start to talk about the data warehouses and development of that. So 
each of these things goes in various cycles, and then and then after you know you start the data warehouse, data lake discussion, you start the ooh, you know our data needs to be normalized. So block time for one OR really has to be the same as the definition for block time is another OR. Well, maybe we need to go back and change a workflow to, <laughs> to make that happen. So right. in my mind, there's these cyclical things that happen. So one organization may be like, we need to change this, but you have a calmness, I guess, associated with it when you understand that these things are in waves or cycles after an implementation and that the organization will work through it. And then mentally you're prepared because you know exactly what the next wave is that's going to hit. So you you try to, you know, plan or remediate or be prepared to handle that when the organization is ready to deal with it, to try to force these discussions or issues before readiness. So in other words, the week of implementation, you don't start to talk about optimization. You know, the workforce is not there. Go away. I'm just trying to figure out what value I need to put in what field and how I find a lab result or enter a blood pressure. So it's kind of maturity. It's a maturity cycle. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And now, what are some of the the main priorities right now? I can imagine that part of it is is getting into that optimization and getting to, you know, the really cool, really amazing uh, abilities of the data. But what would you say that you're, you're really focused on right now? There's a couple areas, you know, we originally started, I think, the conversation by talking about the enterprise system, right? You just need to do it. Yeah. Once you've done it, that's awesome. But now you get a whole book of legacy systems that have to be decommissioned and all that old data you have to figure out what to do with. So that's the unglamorous work that needs right. to be attended to. But if you don't have plans and you don't continue to drive that book of business, Obviously, what happens is that your IT costs are not sustainable because now you're carrying redundant expenses um, in in conceivably systems. So unglamorous work um, would include that. And I think the other part of this is that Atlantic has gotten good with the community knowing that they're a strong player or a strong partner. So there is an entity called HTC that was developed, which is a consortium of other healthcare systems. And so there's a lot of discussion within HTC about how we can leverage the system, the data, the tools that we're creating in helping to support other organizations in perhaps a more cost-effective model. But it also opens up shared services, and it opens up a whole other book of, of discussion. So those would be some of the types of things that you know, we've started to work on at this point. And then, you know, obviously it's continued growth within the network. So you've got a great platform now. You've got the ability to collect and manage data. How do you help your partners and or how do you grow your business? And those are some of the other things that we're looking at on a day-to-day basis. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.